good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And how are you really? <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> how am I really? I'm quite excited to be here, really. It's the... the I, I think there's a sense of, wow, we're getting four podcast episodes out of the way in the morning. That's just so cool. I mean, I, I really, I mean, maybe that's sort of my my need for being productive or something like that. That I feel really like, wow, we're achieving so much here. That's that's probably what's most uh, on my my mind right now. Yeah. How is this linked to dopamine? Yeah, there is definitely a link to dopamine. Um, whereas yesterday, you know, we were doing our business development and it was all very, what do we call it? F fishbowl? Uh, goldfish. Goldfishing? Goldfishing. So yeah. lots of talking without any pressure to perform. Yeah. And that obviously doesn't go very well with my need for being productive and dopamine. Uh, so what we is... need to do because of that, we need to move all the time so that you do get some yeah. dopamine. So Which... we were cycling, we were running, we were walking yeah. as we were goldfishing. Yeah, we spent a lot of time moving around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there is dopamine involved in this. Mm. Yeah. The um, question, how are you? I, it's almost, uh, you take it in French, ça va? And the answer is ça va. Oui, ça va. Yeah, so it's just like, it's a nothing. It's like uh, just uh, filling the space with some some words, but what does it really mean? It's recognizing, I see you, but do I really care if you're good or not? Or is it just a way of, yeah, no, let's move on from there, whatever. Yeah, The um, are you okay? I mean, we check in with each other mm. probably several times a day. When I say we, probably most human beings do in all cultures. It's like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. There's, There's no... a difference, though. If you ask that question, so you have, if you've noticed something that is a little bit off and you see it and you stay with it, so you, you basically hold the gaze of the person and ask, are you okay? Mm. Because then there is a space for the person to say, I'm not sure. There's mm. something not quite right here. Versus you're on the run and you say, okay, and mm. there's just no room, there's no time yeah. to say anything, but yeah, 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 I'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. So same words, mm -hmm. three words, are you okay? Completely different meaning, mm -hmm. depending on how you ask the question and what kind of intention you have with the question and the tone of your voice and, and things like that. And your level of presence. Yeah. I would say. Mm. And then that question also, are you okay? Yes. Uh, how are you really? Or are you really okay? And that, you know, that could be almost challenging. Like, why, am I, why are you asking me that question? Mm. Do you think I'm not okay? Mm. Why wouldn't I be okay? Why wouldn't I be okay? Mm. Right? So the intention here is really important. And I think there's a cultural difference here as well, which we have noticed between different cultures that we have worked with. But sometimes that question is more welcome and it means something. Sometimes that question is just a polite filling the space with some words. And sometimes it's it's a critical. It's like, why wouldn't I be okay? Yeah. I think a culture will react differently. Yeah. yeah. 
There is a there is a quote. I don't think it's Einstein. I told you before. You know the, how many fake Einstein quotes are out there? People claiming this is Einstein said this. But I still like this quote. Whoever came up with it, I didn't. Um, and it's like this. It's not that I'm so smart, but I stay with the questions much longer. And, and the reason I like that is that sometimes the question is more interesting than the answer. So the question, what the question prompts is more important than coming up with a correct answer there and then. Mm. So I think it's obvious by now we, we would spend the next, you know, 20 minutes or so on questioning or questions, which is really such a fundamental practice of our profession. Why is that so important? Questioning. I think that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> it made you think anyway. Yeah. It made me think. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorting my thoughts. I think the first thought that comes to mind for me is it's a way to express curiosity. It doesn't mean that every question comes from curiosity, but I believe that if a question comes from curiosity, it's such a good place to start. Hmm. It's open, so curiosity in terms of an emotion is a pleasant emotion. We talked about that in previous podcasts uh, some time ago. And if you ask questions from curiosity, it's a felt sensation to the person or the group that is being asked or are being asked that question as something that is welcoming. You're opening up a field for exploration. So that would be my first. Now you go. Why is it so important? I think if the question comes from the point of view of helping the other that you're asking the question, then it's a very good tool in helping people. So uh, as opposed to perhaps the opposite, telling somebody what to do, I think asking a question is a really much nicer, much more elegant way to help people. Mm. And therefore it's a one of the most important tools in the toolbox of a coach, uh, but also of a leader, a manager, a parent, a priest, anybody that has anything to do with helping others. Mm. Uh, a friend. Questions are incredibly important, I think, in friendship. And I would say the, the shorter a question is, the more appealing I would consider it. So a question that is just how, you know, obviously it sits in some kind of context. Yeah. But how is that for you, for example? Yeah. yeah. So few words. Yeah. Nothing's not embedded or hidden in any message. You're not trying to get across what it's like for you before you ask the question. Yeah. You know, these hidden questions. So you basically have a big monologue and then there's a question hidden somewhere. But actually yeah. it's not about the question. It's about what that person wants to say. Yeah. The lecture. Yeah. That happens very often when you listen to podcasts. Yeah, most most famous podcasters are not brilliant at asking questions. That's 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 a, absolutely clear. I think they have podcasts because they want to say something and then they yeah. hide their messages. They invite a guest mm. yeah. and uh, ask questions to the guest, but really they want to answer those questions themselves. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, they, they are asking questions from a different point of view than we are. Mm. Uh, as coaches, right? Or 
or all the others I mentioned earlier. I think if you're in the process of helping others, then that's a different intention for questions, asking questions, than if you are together with somebody else trying to get to a higher level of knowledge around mm. the topic or understanding or whatever, because you have your own views on that as well. So I think that's very different. Interviews. So one of my friends is in like a professional interviewer. Um, Journalist. No television. Uh -huh. uh, well, he's you know he's the boyfriend of one of my best friends. Okay. I wouldn't consider him a great friend, but he is a f actually a famous interviewer on on television in the Netherlands. The way he, uh, I mean, I've had dinner with him. The way he asks questions. In a way, it's it's almost a little bit similar to what we do, but the the the, the intention is totally different, right? So if the question is asked from the point of view of entertainment, then you ask a question from a different point. So the question might be the same, but the intention is very different. So you're asking mm. a question so that a million, two million, five million people that are watching you are entertained by whatever is happening there is different from you're trying to help that person, you're asking a question, although the question might be the same. The intention is totally different. I used to uh, go out with a, a guy when I when I lived in London. He was a barrister. Yeah. He was also very good at asking questions. Exactly. And I'm now trying to think back, because I always really enjoy talking to him. And I remember telling a friend of mine, you know, partly lawyers and barristers, they're so good because they, they do ask questions. Because there's also this idea that Sometimes, I'm not generalizing, but sometimes there's a tendency that men ask less questions than women. Can I say that without being shot? Mm. Probably not. Some people ask, let's just say some people, gender neutral, some, some people have a tendency not to ask any questions. It's not just, not just in their practice. But if you are a trained barrister or lawyer or solicitor, you're trained to ask questions. Interviewer, coach, priest. There yeah. are some professions. Intention very different, right? The the, the lawyer, the barrister. It's proving, I mean, what's proving the something. What's the intention of asking a question? To get to the truth. Mm. That's not why I ask questions. Well, I mean, maybe the personal truth of my clients. Well, yeah. Why do Why do you ask a question as a coach? To help. The other. Help with what? To help the other with whatever it might be that they that they are that's on their mind. You know, that's their topic for conversation for coaching. It helps Very them. Often. It helps them clarify their thoughts. It helps them clarify their their feelings. It helps them clarify their past, present, and future. It helps clarify their actions or routines that need to be taken, decisions that they need to be made. It's all about helping the other. My questions are getting to that. So you're saying clarification uh, yeah. of whatever. I would say another, you know, and it all goes under help. But another one is opening up to different perspectives. Mm. So maybe you have, you're stuck in the perspective you're in and it's very hard without a question to even imagine that could be another way. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you or I would know that perspective, but the question might lead that person to new perspectives. Yeah, exactly. To change the, um, to change the, uh, the angle to, yeah. Yeah, I see, definitely. I see what you mean. Do you have a favorite question? I knew you would ask that. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I really don't like that question because, as a coach, there's no such. I when people say that, like there's this 
you know, what is the, the best question. coaching question? For me, there's something about this past, present, future that I quite like. So it's super simple, right? What happened? How do you feel now? What are you going to do about it? These are not, wow, amazing laser question. I never thought about that. No, it's just so deadly simple. But a good coaching conversation can really be about that. What happened? How do you feel now? What are you going to do? And another way of asking a question without using words for me is you just stay silent a bit longer. So really present with the answer. So you allow that pause to be a bit longer than comfortable because then something else usually comes. Mm. So you could say that is a question without words Mm. or we would call it holding the space, but it's really holding that question for a bit longer, helping somebody to sit with it longer than comfortable. Yeah. Which could be a bit weird if you're with a friend. So that you, in, if, if you're coaching, you get into that coaching mode with mm. in a social setting, there's an expectation that there's a sharing, that you're opening up, that you're connecting. And getting into that coaching mode or if you don't necessarily believe that what's just being said is the real truth, and and you don't react to it, but you just sit with it, that starts to become a little bit uncomfortable. And then I think you break rapport with a friend. You mm. see where I'm coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. So what is for you uh, a really good question? I mean, I, I don't like that question, but I answered it. So now you. Well, put it this way. What is the question I like to get? Ah, that's a good one. So what is the question you like to get? And by the way, what I just did is very common in coaching. My client asks themselves a question and, and I just go, that's a perfect question. Mm. And I, I repeat that question. Mm-hmm. I quite like to get questions on my emotions. And, and now we're getting into something which is more, there is a term for this called inquiry that we have explored, both of us, and I practiced it quite a lot, which is really to uh, explore what's present right now by going inside and exploring the emotional state. And uh, by doing that, by putting words and being, I suppose, asked some questions about it. Let's say you asked me, you know, how are you feeling? I don't know how you would start, where we would be for that to become a relevant question, but you would say something around uh, let's say you make an observation and say, well, you look sad. What's going on? What's going on in you or something? And I felt that this is a question I can stay with. So we're in a place where, you know, I can, I'm allowed to explore that. I said, yeah, there's a sense of sadness. I, I don't really know what the reason is. And then I start exploring where in the body that sensation it sits. And you might start asking more questions about it. You know, how is that? You know, how, how do you know it's sadness and not whatever? You know, That's probably what I like doing. But this is my curiosity around uh, being and emotions. And But by doing that, it's also shifting. So that's the beauty of exploring emotions is that when you start doing that through the inquiry process, they shift. And I quite, I'm quite... Uh, I what, what's curious. very powerful in that uh, is the staying with the same question. Mm. Um, and you just, every time you ask that question, answer that question, 
you go a little bit in a different direction or the different maybe a little bit deeper and there's so much to explore in our psyche that we can get to through this process that we hardly ever get to i would say in the common conversation that we have as human beings because the objective is completely different of course you know that question we could you could spend an hour going deeper into that question two hours to going deeper into that question every time you figure something else out until you sort of really run out of steam i think that's really powerful mm. i don't do that a huge amount in coaching i would say i do it with some not as much as i perhaps could or would like to but not that it's about me but i think it's very helpful i think it's very strong mm. and there's something here around well that goes for more questions but I think an important purpose of questions is connection. So you're connecting dots. So you're connecting how you feel with how you are, with how, what you're thinking. So it's feeling, thinking, being. Mm. All of that can find some connection through through questions, through mm. being with some questions. Mm. And what what's good about that? Well, I think if you become more true... If there's anything that's nagging, anything that's sort of a little bit uncomfortable and you start exploring that and, and you start seeing these patterns, you come to a more true vers- version of yourself, a mm. more authentic self. So now we're deeply into questions used in coaching. Mm. Yeah. But also sometimes with friends, I think. Yeah. If if your friends are staying on, on your agenda, so not if it's all about... You know, you tell me something and immediately I share what my experience is on that same question or topic because then you don't stay long enough, mm. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. What else? That's a question. And that is one of my favorite questions, probably. Not just in coaching, but in general. What else? It's just so nice. So that question really invites what else is in your head right now Yeah, or, it's so open, right? You can take it in any direction. Mm. And I mean it in an open way. So I ask you now the question in this moment, what else? I was thinking about how how make how to make this uh do we need to make this more pragmatic? Is yeah. there a you know, there's so many books and and methodologies and techniques around questioning. Now, depending on where you're coming from. So you were saying if you're a journalist, if you're a barrister, if you're you know, working for the police or <laughs> if you're a coach or yeah. if you're a teacher, there's so many different ways to approach questioning techniques. Yeah. And I'm not sure the questioning techniques is necessarily where we need to go. No. Don't But for so. for me, that probably if I were to summarize this, am yeah. I allowed to do that? I'm doing it for myself, I think. I was going to say one more thing before we go to summary. I okay. I, I have this sense that there, the, the, the parent, child, questioning i think there's something that i want to say i'm not entirely sure about especially when children are teenagers um going up to sort of young adults to have a good conversation with a with an older child to sort of young adult i think it's really important to use open questions too and they might find it really annoying um and they might not answer your question but it still makes them think so i think It, we talk about all these roles and they're all professions but as a parent questioning is really important I think uh, and uh, so 
to have a few really good questions to talk to your kids about in a one-on-one. -on -one. Do you have any specific questions you know, in mind? You know, what, like, what are your views on what's happening now in the Middle East? Hmm. I mean, that's a question that obviously they don't necessarily, I mean, nobody has an answer to that, but hmm. it is an interesting question too, because hmm. there's another side to this, which is what, where do they get their news from? Yeah. And what, uh, how are they potentially being indoctrinated by whatever that you don't, you know, as a parent, you don't know where your kids get their news from. And it's mm. most certainly very likely not going to be the same place where you get your news from. So mm. if I read sort of balanced economist, mm. you know, on the one hand, on the other hand, they might get their news from Instagram or from mm. uh, whatever. And so to have a question, so what are your views on this? That might get you to talk about and also find out where they, you know, where they're leaning with all of this. And, you know, that's just one of many. That This is a question around current affairs and important current affairs right now. But it could be about, um, you know, if you, if you had uh, not been the oldest child, but the second or the youngest, what do you think would have been different? Like, mm. it's just a, like a curiosity question. Right? I have no idea what the answer mm. to that is, but just asking a question like that it might lead to some interesting dialogue. Yeah. So I was just going to mention that, that not necessarily that I have all the good questions to ask teenagers, absolutely not, but the fact that you can be a bit more deliberate in terms of having conversations with, with in particular with teenagers that maybe are sh starting to shut down a little bit to open that, to try to open it up. And if it doesn't work, fine, but you, you can try. Go for a walk. Have one one or two questions up your sleeve that you might use. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, having the right setting or oh, setting. Uh, so, this is yeah. what I'm hearing from friends with teenage teenager children that you don't get a lot of space or time with them because they're so busy with their own yeah. lives. So how do you how do you how do you get access in the in the first place? So having the questions is one thing, but then how do you get access to that space where a dialogue is possible yeah exactly and this is not just important with teenagers and it's much easier for us because somebody comes to our coaching meeting and they pay for it and therefore they are you know paying attention to the to the coaching well, conversation here is here is um i haven't forgotten that i'm i have a summary in my head but i just yeah. wanted to mention this and maybe this works with teenagers i don't have teenagers uh, of my own but i'm wondering if it could work now, what I might do as a coach is I share some some of my personal mm. insights or what I'm going through at the personal level. Not too much, but but I could I could share. And sometimes actually somebody asks, you know, what are you exploring at the moment? What are you into at the moment? Mm. And that might be a prompt for me to share something a little bit more than I would normally share because there's a something I'm reading the situation as in there's something here that might actually help that person to. Mm. explore more yeah could it be the same with teenagers i can guarantee you that there's no teenager in the world that's ever asked in history their parents what are no. you exploring now no <laughs> really oh yes. that's a shame this is a tip for all teenagers listening to this <laughs> but but you could you could answer without the question yeah yeah you can answer without the question exactly that yeah sometimes i heard i hear hear friends well, they, they, they're telling me that they've had a conversation about their work, that they've 
explain their work or what's yeah. happened at work to the teenagers yeah. and had a really good conversation about it. Almost then the, the child or the teenager mm. um, giving their view of what's going on in a very interesting way. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could say a lot more about this because I find this very interesting. How to work, How to talk about, yeah, and young adults. Uh, I think they're not huge, hugely different, to be honest. Um, whether you're 17 or 18 or 19. I mean, that's different from 12 or 13. Don't get me wrong, absolutely. But whether they are, you know, have turned officially adult or not, it's not really their eye, you know, their eye, you know. So studying first year, you know, what are some of the things that you might be thinking of doing after you finish studying? There might not be a quite an answer to that yet, but I asked uh, my son's girlfriend that question and she had a very interesting answer to that question, which I, I was just really curious and it's super interesting to talk about that because it's something that I don't really know. It's sort of in a creative art space, which I'm not really that. So that was super interesting just to op ask the open question I got there and um, it, it led to an interesting dialogue. Anyway, shall we go to the summary? No, no. I want to add something <laughs> before, <laughs> because you now talk about the teenagers. Let's go the other direction. Let's go to the older generation. Yeah. So if you have a conversation with somebody 70, 80, 90, you can also have these really interesting questions, getting their perspectives of what's going on or of life and get some of the wisdom or the perspectives mm. of, from that generation. I don't know how much that happens. I think some when I hear that somebody has had a really nice, lovely conversation with a grandfather or a grandmother and learned about mm. more about their lives and how they view what's going on right now, it's so beautiful. It's, uh, but I'm, I'm also thinking that it's not happening very mu much. For me, it's not happening very much. I asked uh, uh, my friend who's 70, I asked him a few weeks ago, when we there were a few other people and I asked just as a, as a friend's dialogue question. So how I can't remember exactly how I asked it, but it was like um how are things different when you're 70 compared to when you're in your mid fifties? And he had to think very hard and then he gave some answers and then he sent me a message the next day and he had more answers. You know, he kept coming back to this question. He thought it was so fascinating to think about that and yeah. he kept thinking about it and he came back to it actually this week and still wow. answering that question and i find it i mean i'm super curious right because i want to i want to can you say one answer say something yeah those two one is the how the work the, the the world of work changes sort of you know staying staying really interested and connected and relevant and productive and doing stuff that adds value but not really working the whole day, every day. Um, that that changes quite a bit. And that, you know, when you're in your 70s, you can still be productive and do lots of really great things. You know, he is far from retired, right? But he doesn't have to work. And then um, the other one is really around physical. So that, you know, you just get a little bit more, <laughs> you get a little bit weaker when you're, when you're, even he is, and you know who I'm talking about. I mean, he's super fit. He's a f really good runner. But there is some things that just start to sort of creak and crack a little bit more when you're 70 than even if you're a very fit 70-year-old. Mm. There's some things that sort of, you know, are not as functioning as well in the physical body as they were before that. 
I think mm. those are two examples. There were the more, but I can't remember them all. Yeah. So a couple of things. I come back to where I started. I think curiosity is such an important aspect of questioning because it's a positive vibe if you come from a curious place, even if your question is not super well articulated. Mm. The other thing, and it's a similar, similar um, idea, the intention behind the question, mm. knowing that that intention is carrying, being carried through that question because your whole system is signaling something. You know, how you ask that question is what's behind that question. Have you got a good or bad intention? Yeah, yeah. And for that, you need to be present. For that, you need to be present, which is, again, in any dialogue, you're missing out on the dialogue if you're not present. Yeah. Or you could, of course, you could argue that, that not all conversations are dialogues because there are different types of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd say the, the less words you use, if it is a question, probably the more attractive, I'd say. Yeah. And then finally, the use of 